superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best. With guest host, Ryan Leaf, live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. The Rich Eisen Show. And if you don't have a, a sense of excitement about this, I don't know what you're here for. I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best. Today's guests, ESPN NFL reporter Jeff Darlington, USA Today MLB columnist Bob Nightingale, Plus, NFL Network reporter Steve Weish. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Ryan Leaf. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the Rich Eisen Show. I am not Rich Eisen. I am the younger. um, (laughs) Taller. Taller. Yep. More athletic. More athletic, not as... Uh, good at broadcasting. <laughs> Brian Leaf. I mean, that's everybody in this room. <laughs> yeah. Um, thanks for the call. Yeah, call the righty in. Susie did a heck of a job all week long. She's like, you know, you know, I think we've covered enough. Yeah, I've had enough. We'll let, we'll, let, we'll let Ryan, you know, take in the scraps. But then all of a sudden, the world goes nuts, and every possible sporting transaction thing that could be going on goes on last night. Uh, again, this is the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Lee filling in for Rich Eisen. TJ Jefferson to my right. What's up, Ryan? Jason Feller. What's up, Filling Ryan? in on ones and twos. Wiki, and wiki. my boy, Chris Brockman. Yeah, hanging. yeah. What did hanging. you top out at? You pitched, right, growing up? What was your top speed? Did you, you know, get, I, I think... Did you ever get the gun on you? Yeah, I think in high school. I think at the end of high school, I was around probably mid-80s, high-80s, probably. You know? I had a good curveball, too. Good curveball, yeah. 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 But I, I, baseball was boring for me. Oh, so you never like really thought about pursuing that after high school? No, I did realize though years later that it would have been the right sport to go into in terms of, <laughs> in terms of uh, monetarily at least. Yeah, the guy who who gets a you know largest contract in NFL history in 1998 uh, is saying that to you right, well. right now. It lasted two days. Peyton got the net. You know, Peyton got the Peyton biggest cut. Um, we got a big show for you. Let's do it. Uh, ESPN reporter Jeff Darlington is going to join us to talk. All things uh, in in the NFL, uh, as well as Bob Nightingale from the USA Today to talk about the baseball trades, uh, the baseball movement. And then um, Steve Weiss is going to join us. You and I, uh, we're going to talk about the NBA side of it. The draft last night, all the trades that went down, uh, facilitates the Los Angeles Lakers a lot. lot. We're going to get into that. I don't don't know if it was a great trade. I, I really don't. Now, if they add some pieces like, my friend T.J. Jefferson's going to talk to us about maybe. Um, we'll see. But it, it doesn't matter about any of it, all of it. It's always the NFL. And guess what? Less than a week from now, we have NFL football. No, yeah, baby. Let's Can go. you believe that, man? We've, we made it. Thursday night, we have the Hall of Fame game. Now, I'm going to be in Canton. You're going. Okay. I'm going. Nice. I've never been to Canton before. Um, I'm going to go do some work with the Hall of Fame Behavioral Health Center. 
mm-hmm. which is just helping former players and people with mental mental illness and, and substance abuse issues. But also, um, I had a option to leave then, like I think like Friday night, and I realized that two of the three other Heisman finalists with me are going into the Hall of Fame this year. Charles Woodson and Peyton Manning. And I'm incredibly proud of them both. Yeah, Randy Moss, the other of uh, your three years your ago, class is already in. Uh, and I was able to um, celebrate with him in Minnesota when he found out at the Super Bowl uh, to congratulate him. But how cool is that? The, the four of us in that Heisman class, three of which are going to be pro football Hall of Famers after this next weekend's over. That's amazing. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay and support Peyton and, and Charles in their induction. I think it's... That's uh, dope, man. It's really cool. And to, you were telling us before you've never been to Canton. Nope, never been to Canton. Just assumed I would be inducted at some point, you know. Of course. Um, of course. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? You know. Still time. Hey. You know, contributor in some way. I don't know. I don't know. Um, no, but there is one item that of mine that is in the Hall of Fame, uh, and it, it's pretty apropos. It's the uh, it's my draft card. It's the card that was handed to the commissioner when I was drafted. Oh, nice. How did that get there? Did you donate that, or did I you, did not. You never had it. Didn't you know, never saw that card. Did nope. You? Didn't know it existed. Um, <laughs> I was watching the ESPN documentary that they did on me, and they opened the episode with that. Like, oh, cool. this is the only piece of memorabilia in the Hall of Fame, and it ultimately was the best night of my NFL career. Right? It was the night I got drafted. Similarly to what maybe Zach Wilson's going through. Oh, come on. I don't know come if you guys. Are, I don't know if you guys are. Uh, hey. Ted Lasso fans. Yes. I am an incredible Ted Lasso fan. I don't we know. are. Haven't seen anything in season two yeah, yet. We, we no got spoilers. Season okay. one. No spoilers. spoilers. No spoilers. Well, I did give you a little bit of a spoiler. And anybody who's watched episode one of Ted Lasso of the second season, Coach Beard, uh, through our good friend Rich Eisen's Jets, flatly under the table. <laughs> All right. So one of their players has what um, Simone Biles calls the twisties. Yep. The yips, right? And um, Co- and Ted Lasso goes, well, what do you call what do you call the the yips in the United States? Um, and uh, Coach Beard blatantly says, we call that the New York Jets. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. I know, but that's... Makes sense. The over unders. We can maybe get into that a little bit today. I think maybe too, like over under wins. Oh, oh, oh! We can definitely do that because they're out. Yeah, I think those are those are really interesting. Now that there's 17 games too, it's going to be awkward saying like, oh, I think the team goes seven and ten this year. I know. I'm not <laughs> yeah, prepared for that yet. I'm not prepared for. Oh, what? I mean, they could go 12 and five. Ugh, it's so annoying. But like, <laughs> like I said before, though, like. We all kind of poo-pooed the seventh playoff team. Like, oh, why are we adding another playoff team? The NFL playoffs are the greatest there is. Only six make it from each side. And I love the seventh playoff team now. <laughs> like, it really grew on me, and I grew to love it. And, and, you know, that first wild card weekend, you know, with three games each day, it's so awesome. You know what it did for me, too? It, it incentivized the team that does the best gets the buy. Like the the team that finishes second before would also get a buy and you're kind of right. like, "Eh, you know, consolation trophy or participation trophy." Yeah, like you we had 12 and 4 and based on a tiebreaker you got to you got to buy. Yeah. But now like you now, have 14 and 2. If you're the team you boom, are buy. Yeah, you get yeah. the buy. You yeah. get the incentive, you yeah. get all of that. So I I do like that aspect of things. Yeah. Um 17 games this year, three preseason games, kicking off with the Hall of Fame game next Thursday night. 
and then we're, we're off and running. We've seen quarterbacks up at the podium talking about their play already. Um, the big conversation this week, of course, was twofold, was Deshaun Watson showing up in Houston and what that was going to look like. And then the biggest one that's been the offseason talk all along, Aaron Rodgers, whether or not he was actually going to be a Packer, was he going to retire, what was all this about? And then today we got a special uh, um, Batiari uh, video giving Aaron Rodgers uh, an Ashton Martin. Well, it was an Ashton Martin golf, golf cart. Golf cart. Pretty decked out, has the three years he's been the MVP. Um, you know, I, I will say this Aaron Rodgers kind of looks like, uh, um, you know, the guy that just walked off the beach. And was like, you know, I think I'll I'll give this football thing a try. <laughs> <laughs> like he really took it, enjoyed his vacation. Now I wonder about out, that. Ate some fish tacos and some tequila. I, I, I wonder about that because you're younger than me. A little bit. I'm 45 years old, so I'm I'm around Tom Brady's age, and um, I had to go up and play in a golf tournament in Washington on. Wednesday and I woke up yesterday morning and I don't think it was necessarily from playing the golf I think I just slept wrong on a on a new bed may have been too firm may have been too soft I don't know but I woke up yesterday and I couldn't move so during the show if you see me like looking like a robot with my neck I had to spend like three hours at a chiropractor yesterday as well as have a masseuse try to get me into Rich Eisen's chair today I can't get out of bed without being broken. This man shows up uh, for his 17th season and is just like, all right, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to, to, to defend my MVP honor. And then you got Tom Brady going into year 22. I, I don't, they're freaks of nature. They're, they're absolute freaks of nature. Because if you ask me to be explosive in any way, shape, or form, <laughs> it, could, it could end my life. I really do believe that. Like, if we went outside here and Rich was like, Ryan, I didn't, you know, I didn't get that video of you running the 40 for, for St. Jude's. Could you think we could get one done today? Oh, my God. I would do it. And die? I, there, I maybe die, <laughs> like, DJ. Like, but for sure, an ambulance would be here. Right. You're, the muscles would just rip apart off of your groin and yep. your hamstrings and from your femur. Like, it would be terrible. Any bursting. Terrible. Any bursting at all would be, would be an issue. The thing is, though, like, you and I are phenomenal athletes. I think there's no question, no question. about no question. that. Yeah, I'm right. looking at you. They take <laughs> care of themselves, though, in such a different way than you or I now. But I feel like I do. In my mind, I think. Well, I think you're, in my mind's eye. I mean, you've lost so much weight in the last year. You look phenomenal. Uh, you're eating as well as you've probably ever ate in your entire life, even when you were a pro athlete. Um, you're active. We see your Instagram with the walks every day. You play a lot of golf. Uh, but you're 45. Yeah. I mean, there's a difference between walking and playing professional football at, at these guys' level now, and the way we take care of our bodies from when you played and to now is just so much different. Everything we thought we knew about... Was wrong. Was wrong. Yeah. Just completely, you do the opposite now. It's like Costanza. <laughs> whatever you thought you were doing, whatever your inclination is, do the opposite. And that's what Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are doing, and that's why they're still... High, 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 high level here in their 40s. Do you do any of you expect any kind of downward slide by Aaron Rodgers this year? Or do you expect the same type of caliber of play that, that we've seen in the past, and, and in particular his MVP year? 
a I year mean, ago. He was MVP, right? Yep. So got to figure there might be a little bit of a step back, but it's still going to put him so far ahead of the majority of the pack that I don't think you're going to see much. We, we heard Aaron uh, Rodgers hasn't thrown double-digit interceptions since 2010. He last threw eight in 2015, and that's his highest in five years. That is he unbelievable. Threw 48 touchdowns at 37. I, I was TJ and I were talking about this yesterday. Last year in my fantasy draft, it seems like everyone was sleeping on Rodgers heading into the draft, heading into fantasy last year. And I think he went in the 12th round. What? 12th round? Who got him? Last you? year, not me. I, I, I went early and took Deshaun. He had a great year, yeah, but he didn't throw 48 touchdowns. And I'm just thinking, is Rodgers going to really slip that far again this year? Or are people like, oh, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, you know, I won't get fooled again, like our former president used to say. <laughs> is Rodgers going to go top 10 fantasy this year? Top, 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 top 10 rounds, I'm talking. Like, where's the perfect spot for Rodgers? You talk about expecting a drop-off. I expect zero drop-off. I expect zero drop-off. They brought back Randall Cobb yesterday, too. Right. Yeah, who broke? By that the way, story? Ryan, did you did you know that the person who broke that story worldwide is sitting in this studio, and it's not you or me? It's probably Chris Brockman. Who yeah. broke that story? Yeah. Chris Brockman <laughs> broke the Randall Cobb story. Did you get the quote where uh, that some of his friends and teammates have said it looks like you're coming out of prison? I know. Did you see that? <laughs> What's that about? What does that look like? Is what I want to know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, we've heard Houston was was bad from the football standpoint, but. Was that bad? Where he's like breaking out of Shawshank bad? Oh man! Oh my goodness! Andy Dufresne. I would have hated. I would have hated the picture uh, taken of me walking out of that out of prison. I, I mean, I can imagine it's a it's a scary look. All right. Uh, but I I mean, if if the guy's you know good to go to play for the Packers, I, I would think that would be a pretty solid picture. Not not a scary one, but maybe he just maybe he hadn't showered or hadn't combed his hair or anything for a while <laughs> and they just kind of caught him disheveled you know walking into uh, you know oz I also, I also like brian Gutekunst saying straight up yesterday we traded for randall to make aaron happy <laughs> <laughs> not that he could make us a better team no, or, no. there was a there was a hole and the perfect fit was randall cobb no 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 <laughs> aaron wanted it he said he wasn't maybe, coming back without him, so we did it. <laughs> maybe this is just the era of transparency in Green Bay. I love it. We're now, but now everything it. that's said is just the truth. Like, hey, yeah, uh, we cut him because we knew it would piss Aaron off. <laughs> <laughs> later, in the, maybe later in the year when the, the season's out of the, you know, down the drain or something like that, and they're like, yeah, we cut so and so because we knew him and Aaron were tight. <laughs> and it was going to annoy him, and we thought that might make him play better football. And he won MVP and took us to. And we're, uh, and we're you know, we're we're petty here. In the, in Green Bay, we've uh, we've made that very clear. Um, your guys' thoughts on? I know you guys talked about this a ton, but I I, I enjoyed the press conference because yeah. two things. For the longest time, we hadn't heard his actual voice, right? Mm-hmm. And I told people that there was probably some stuff that no one knew about because it hadn't been leaked or hadn't been talked about that's going to come out. Otherwise, people were going to continue and start to believe that Aaron's acting like a petulant child in all of this. And that was kind of starting to happen. So for him to step up in front of that podium and speak the truth uh, to what people consider power, which is the Green Bay Packers, um, and just kind of say, hey, this this is what I was asking for. There was nothing reciprocated with it. 
therefore I started contemplating different kind of options for my career. I, I don't think it could have been a better press conference in terms of how he articulated it. I think that's the best way to put it. He articulated it in the best possible way, calm, cool, collected, said this is what I would have liked. They didn't do it. That made me contemplate whether or not I wanted to be with this organization or play any more moving forward. Ultimately, you know, I, I want to be with this team. I want another chance at a, at a title. Um, and it's, it's disappointing that that the team that I've spent 17 years with wasn't willing to to do some of these things. Um, we're going to talk to ESPN NFL reporter Jeff Darlington all about this, as well as everything that's going on around camp. Uh, when we come back, you are listening to The Rich Eisen Show here on Peacock TV and Westwood One. We'll be right back. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The sleep number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed what makes a Super Bowl champion, in your estimation? Like, is there is there a formula, something a fan can think about, or a player knows needs to be on a team? What do you, what, well, I what think you it, it starts with a culture first. Um, if you don't have a winning culture, meaning that you you have from top down, from coaches to every player on the roster, everybody is bought into what you're doing in in the smallest ways, in um, that. And it's not, you're not having to be directed by everybody. So if there's an issue, if your locker room can handle it within a locker room without it ever having to be, you know, a coach thing, then you you know you've kind of established some type of culture. Secondly, you got to have the talent. Um, but then I think the the two other things that really are kind of out of your control is you got to stay healthy 
And then you got to come up with a little bit of luck. And you also have to have those button-pushing moments, too. Both your coaches from your Super Bowl yeah. wins made some ridiculous calls on special some, uh, teams. Yeah. Ridiculously cojones-filled calls. Definitely. What was it like uh, in the locker room when Sean Payton said, we're going to go onside kick to start the second half of that Super Bowl? So no. I think it's like, you know, both coaches, I think, understood, like, who we were, right? And so we were playing the Colts and, you know— Manning was eating everybody up. We knew going into that game, we needed to steal two possessions. If we can do that, we can score with them and we, we'd win. And so the very first one, we, we, two weeks before the Super Bowl, we said, all right, we're going to put in this kick, practice it over and over and over and over. And we go in at halftime and he's like, hey, how, how do y'all feel about it? And everybody's like, let's do it. And so we come out. We get it. That was the first possession we stole. And then the second one was Tracy Pick Porter. Six. Yeah. Sure. So he took the temperature of the locker room? Yeah, Jumping. I mean, yeah. He's like, hey, how do you guys feel about it? Everybody's like, run it. Right. All right, let's go. Same thing, you know, and when we played the Patriots, we knew they were going to. The Philly special. Yeah, we knew they were going to go. Uh, and they were going to score points for us on defense. It got to the point where, like, we just need one stop. And then if, if our offense can keep, you know, doing stuff, that, that Philly special, obviously, as one of the gutsiest plays in in Super Bowl history, but paid off. It's amazing. Yeah. You were there. You were there for both. I mean, you could you could say gutsiest calls in the history of the Super Bowl. We just talked about one, two. You could even argue which one's one and which one's two. Yeah, I was on the field for one, and just on the sideline for the other, just kind of watching. But the Philly special, you're yeah. on the sideline, yeah, for that, right. And I didn't know what they were going to run. So you did was, not. No, I didn't. I hadn't even seen them practice it. Really? Yeah. So I didn't even know where it came from. So you were like a fan in the stadium, yeah. which was like, where the hell did that come from? Right. I mean, it's, it's a copycat league. The Patriots ran that play against us a couple years before we played them right. in the Super Bowl. Tom caught it and then did it again in the Super Bowl. And obviously Tom didn't catch it that time. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. I am Ryan Leaf, filling in for Rich. You can hear us on uh, Westwood One Radio, as well as if you choose to see TJ's lovely face uh, on Peacock TV. All right. (laughs) Watch, stream it here for free on Peacock TV weekdays, 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern. Listen, stream it on Odyssey and the NBC Sports app on channel 211 on Sirius XM. If you guys want to give a call in here and chat a little bit about everything that's going on, call 844-204-RICH. Love to have a conversation. Follow us on YouTube.com, The Rich Eisen Show, as well as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Rich Eisen Show, everybody. So, a lot of NFL news to get to. Uh, That's why we get the best to come and educate us here next on the show, joining us from ESPN NFL reporter, Mr. Jeff Darlington. Jeff, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? The best. That's like when you get your dad a shirt that says world's best dad. <laughs> I like, like it. I like it. Like, do you really mean it? Ah, but you know what? Well, I'll take it. I'll run with it. Well, today, you know, today, today, you know, it's, it's, it's all about context. Today, you're the best. You're the best today. The best. That moment, uh, I am the best. Yep. I am the best guest on the Rich Eisen Show at this moment. <laughs> exactly. And that's what you should strive to be, the best you can be in this very moment. Because sure. it's very, very fleeting. As we know, just two days ago, we didn't know that Aaron Rodgers was going to be the Green Bay Packers quarterback. Well, yeah, I true. did. I did. I've known this for <laughs> the whole offseason. But as it transpired, are we – I mean – 
what do you expect from this team? We've heard people talk about, hey, it's a championship roster. This this fallout's going to have a big effect on it. Where where do you think this Green Bay Packers team goes now that Aaron's back, Randall Cobb fits into the mix, and Ryan Gutenkust is flat out, you know, being honest, say, hey, we signed Randall because it was for Aaron. That's what that's what yeah. we're doing now. To me, the only thing that matters is Aaron Rodgers being back. Yeah, like I personally don't necessarily believe Randall Cobb will make some incredible impact. I love Randall Cobb. I think he's a good player and provides familiarity with, with Aaron in this situation. But to me, that's not like, like, hey, this is the difference between going to the Super Bowl and not. Right. To me, simply getting Aaron back, I subscribe to the belief that players are pretty resilient. Even when there's a quarterback who doesn't go through this type of drama, even if that quarterback doesn't get along with the whole locker room, and I'm not suggesting that's the way it is with Aaron at all. I'm just saying, like, in other places, this has happened where there is drama. I always think back, whenever there's, like, drama and we wonder about chemistry of a locker room, I always think back to the night before the Seahawks won the Super Bowl when Percy Harvin, and now I don't want to mess this up, but was it Golden Tate got into a fist fight? Right. Literally the night before the Super Bowl? Like, if that, if they can do that and win the game and win the Super Bowl, I, I kind of subscribe to the belief that maybe, um, maybe a Hall of Fame quarterback can come back into his locker room and, and perhaps bridge any awkwardness that might exist. Yeah, I, I, I would suspect it would have to be like West Side Story. It would have to be like the Jets and the Sharks <laughs> right. in, the, in the locker room, like completely split down the middle. Right. Um, right. And... What's what one thing that that possibly could be a divisive factor this year in the NFL is whether or not uh, your teammates are being vaccinated. You know, we've we've seen a coach in Ron Rivera speak out about it, and, and, and in his defense, right, he's he's a guy who's living in the real world of having just overcome mm-hmm. cancer and is immune deficient, and he's sensitive to that and is disappointed, but. Uh, we've heard coaches talk about it, uh, where they're at, where they're going, how what kind of competitive advantage and disadvantage it could be is 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 a right. vaccinated player whether uh they are or not could this be a divisive factor in a locker room down the stretch specifically if if you start taking away game checks from these players i'd imagine that guys will get will, will have those conversations early enough to, to where they can hopefully get through it and get on the same page uh and as far as how this impacts the season probably to a degree that it did last year, but maybe, you know, like where, for instance, the teams that were most prepared and most vigilant about dealing with the spread of COVID were ultimately the most successful. And, and that turned out, by and large, I think to be pretty true. You know, the Bucks are a pretty good example of that. So too were the Chiefs. Um, but I think in general, I subscribe to the belief that this won't be that, big of a thing for the NFL uh, eventually. We're still talking about a vaccination rate of above 80% across the league. That's great. So so I, it's as much as I understand the attention that we're placing on it, things are pretty good in the NFL, actually better statistically than the rest of society. And they have a lot more rules in place for those who are unvaccinated to where perhaps it will address some of the potential spread. So personally, I don't think it's going to have as much of an impact as it did last year. And last year they were able to get through a 17 week season. Yep. 
Exactly. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty pretty special what they were able to do a year ago because a lot of people, me in particular, didn't think that that, that was a possible possibility. Um, down in Houston, right? Uh, um, I don't know if you heard the quote but uh, from Randall Cobb, but he said like, people were looking at him like uh, he just walked out of prison. So is it that bad in Houston? Is it that bad in Houston that it's like prison for everybody else? Is there not a great irony in this that Aaron Rodgers, his beef with the organization and his belief that the organization is subpar in the treatment of players ultimately led to the acquisition of Randall Cobb, who now says that he's so glad to be with an organization that does not make him feel imprisoned. Yes. <laughs> there is a twisted irony in all this, and maybe, uh, and maybe Green Bay isn't so bad after all. I do sense, though, that it is pretty bad in, in Houston. I mean, if you're looking at 30, I mean, they're trading away uh, a lot of top-tier talent, and they're not really left with very much. So it almost feels honestly to me like, like an expansion club right now in Houston. And, and uh, I don't know that anybody would really argue against that at this point. We're speaking with Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter. Uh, the Houston situation, right? Uh, the Texans have finally said that they are, are listening to offers. It, mm-hmm. With all of the allegations that are hanging yeah. over the head of Deshaun Watson, is there is there anything that Houston can get that's going to be a viable option for him? I mean, how does this how does this all play out? He's there, he's at the practice field, he's not being fined. I mean, this this just compounds the chaos that exists for the Texans. Uh, yeah, I don't get the I don't I don't get anybody even reporting or suggesting that the Houston Texans could trade Deshaun Watson at this point. Nor do I understand the fan bases, whether it's Philadelphia or Miami, where you have these fans who are like, man, well, I'd love to make a trade for Deshaun Watson. You're trading for a guy with 22 civil lawsuits against him. Even if you just completely don't look at any of the current evidence that has been sort of publicized by um, the, the, those alleging these civil lawsuits and, and placing them on, even if you just discount all of the evidence that those people have brought forward, it's still, even if he is completely innocent of everything that he is alleged to have done, this is still going to take time. It still is not going to look great along the way. Um, and if you're like, think about like the stock market. If you've got a stock that all of a sudden is controversial, is that the time to sell it or do you kind of want to wait till things maybe flush out a little bit and see what, what kind of value you get after the fact. Because right now, to me, Deshaun Watson's trade value is pretty low. So if you're the Houston Texans, why would you sell so low and trade for so little when it really isn't ultimately going to impact your season one way or the other? I, I don't understand why the Texans would trade for him, nor do I understand why another team would make that deal either. Yeah, it's, it's difficult for me to understand where that would go. And then... Just the uncomfortability of him. I mean, I know the head coach talked about how he hasn't been a distraction or everything, but I mean, he's he's not in the picture, right? He's made it very clear that that a I want don't want to be here, and b with all the allegations makes it pretty unlikely that he's going to be an eligible player. Most likely, if if the commissioner decides to put him on a list of of some sort. So this is Tyrod Taylor's team, maybe leading into ultimately Davis Mills's, uh, the rookie quarterback yeah. out of Stanford, but. I, I mean, it just it, it it just seems so chaotic in the wake of a new head coach and everything moving forward. 
Yeah, and I think that players sometimes subscribe to the belief or, or the agents of those players that if we create chaos, then we'll cause the team to just want to get rid of the problem. Right. But we just saw it with Aaron Rodgers. Like, Green Bay weathered the storm of the offseason and ultimately now has number 12, a Hall of Fame quarterback, under center for them this season. So I'm not saying that the Texans are weathering the storm to eventually have Watson as their quarterback, but they can certainly weather the distraction to get proper trade compensation for him once we know what his punishment ultimately will be if, what, if the NFL decides to levy it. And once we have some better understanding of, of the actual, by the way, the important 22 civil lawsuits that are currently out there against him. All right. Um, less than a week from the first preseason NFL game to be kicked off there in Canton, Ohio, yeah. next Thursday night. Um, I, I, you know, I, I just kind of asked this question to anybody I've been talking to who, who covers the NFL and who's been around it. I mean, it, it, we got through a season last year, but it, it, it didn't quite feel the same. Mm-hmm. What is it? What are you, how are you feeling right now? You know, less than Great a week question. away from, from, from us to get, to get rolling. I was super stoked like three or four weeks ago. <laughs> and, and I think I, I, I'm excited to just like be back in the mix and on the field and feel the fans. Like that's the, the stuff that I love the most about the job. I'm obviously probably like a lot of people wondering, um, are we headed in a, in a direction that's going to cause once again, this to, to be a weird season. Right. But, uh, but man, I, I hope cause last year was weird. It was so even for us, sports reporters that I realize fans don't care about us and nor should they, but like just the energy, all the things that we, we all love about football just wasn't there. Yeah. We watched it on TV and they did a good job with the crowd noise and all that stuff, but it just wasn't the same. And, uh, and I, I just can't wait for it to get back to that. Well, before we let you go here, uh, my friend, Chris Brockman brought to my attention, your, your fishing expertise and, yeah. uh, yes, I mean, and this, on, this behemoth that, that you, you know, brought into your boat. Um, tell us about this. 91 uh, pounds. Is that, is that right? Yeah, I, I'm not so much the expert. I do. I'm the guy that people call because I'll, I'll drink a bunch of beers and have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> and Essential. I'll certainly cheer everybody on and celebrate when we catch the fish. You're right. But, uh, but yeah, we caught a 91 pound black grouper, which for fishing people, uh, they'll understand that a black grouper is a, a pretty coveted fish. That's awesome to eat. And, it's uh, it that's a really big the the, the Key West Marina where we ha- we brought it in to have the it weighed, uh, it broke their record by about forty one pounds. No way. So yeah, wow. we're talking about we're talking about a, a monster. We've been we've so been this is this is this is Patrick Mahomes. This is an anomaly like yeah. that, out of nowhere. Just uh, the Phoenix rises. This is the big boy. This, yep. this is the guy we were we were chasing. We were looking for one. And uh, after, like, we do this trip every year for, like, 20 years with, with my college buddies. We go to the Dry Tortugas, which is, like, 70 miles west of Key West. And we, like, sleep on the hull of the boat for three nights. And, like, once in a while, we'll try to go get a, a black grouper in, like, deeper water. Uh, this year we went, and uh, we thought it was either a shark or an amberjack. But the guy we were fishing with was like, you always got to fight, like, fight it like it matters. And all of a sudden, that black grouper pops up, and we just went. We were swimming wow. nuts. It was awesome. Now I'm a fisherman too, right? I, I'm I'm a fly fisherman. I grew up in Montana, so I'm a rivers run through it. I'm a yeah. you know you know I give me a, my eight to twelve inch uh, Love that. you know cutthroat, and I'm I'm a happy camper. If I'd have reeled in a ninety one pound black grouper, right? <laughs> I might I might have put the retirement uh, um, speech out there. It's all it's all relative too, though. You know, like you can get. I fought a amberjack for like 
like the monster amberjack for an hour and you get it up and it's a reef donkey and you're like, oh, crap, I just wasted all my energy for that. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's amazing how different species get you more excited than others. It's pretty wild. Yeah, well, it's it's cool to follow. Uh, uh, miss seeing you around the office out there uh, in Connecticut. Uh, yeah, man. Excited for football to be back. Really glad you could spend some time with us today keeping us uh, abreast of everything that's going on. Jeff Darlington, everybody, ESPN NFL reporter. Thanks again for joining us, bud. All right, later. All right. I want to go on that trip. That sounds I don't know if I can sleep on the hull for three nights, bobbing Mm -hmm. up and down. I think I I have a pretty solid stomach, but I feel like... um, I feel like I would struggle with that. You've seen a, the perfect storm, right? I almost made a perfect storm reference. They said they went 70 miles. That's what I mean. Off like, the, yeah. That is so far. The perfect so far. storm, they were like 400 miles off the coast, but like even 70 miles, just think about how far that is. That's like 70 miles. 70 miles. <laughs> right. Far. And you're in the middle of nowhere. Right. You're on a boat. If you run out of food, if you run out of beer, <laughs> well, if you run out of beer, you can't just like. Postmates and, and somebody heli- helicopters it in. Okay? Well, Bezos might be able to figure something out. You are where you are, but the fact that they got that fish, oh my goodness, yeah. that is. A I caught a, I caught, I think I, the biggest one I've caught, I got like a sixty-three pound king salmon one time up off the Alaskan yeah. coast. Yeah, I got a forty pounder when I was a kid. Um, but what's cool about it is I use, uh, we use like a a fly rod with it, so it made it even a better. Like, I mean, it was like un- unbelievable. Did it the take fight. you like an hour to reel yeah, in. Yeah, See, The thing that people don't understand if you don't go fishing, a fish that big literally takes hours to reel in. Yeah, because they're just constantly fighting you. It's obviously it's so big, it's so heavy, it's in the water. It they're fighting be, literally for their it, life. It doesn't want to be caught, so it does take hours to reel in something like that. Now, where I was fishing. Uh, I guess not off the coast of Alaska. I think it was more off the coast of Canada. Where I was fishing, there was a pod of, of killer whales that we were just off. We weren't like 70 miles out. We were literally, you know, half a mile off the, right. off the, the, the coast. And there's this pod of, of great white, uh, or of killer, killer whales. And what I realized was is, and I found this out after I got my first fish on, is that it was a mom and a dad with a little, with a little baby. They were feeding. They were teaching them how to get a free fish, which is when after I caught one and I was reeling it in, they would send the baby after my fish. So when I pulled it up and it would just pop up, it would just be the head of the fish because the killer whale had wow. had done it. And it's going right at the boat. And you see these giant killer whales in the cup. And we're, we're not in a huge boat. It's a, a little boat off the coast. And they're so smart. They get right to the boat. They flip and go under our boat upside down, so their you know their, their dorsal fin doesn't yeah, hit it or anything, and they're teaching their, uh, their little baby how to how to eat. How cool is that? Dude, killer whales are so awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, fishing can be incredibly fun. My my father um, took me fishing a ton when I was young. My grandfather is a game warden. He likes to tell everybody that I was born on the first day of fishing season. <laughs> I think that's a fun story. Um, but uh, Jeff Darlington, Darlington filling us in with everything in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is back. No idea what's going to happen in Houston. Um, you know, but excited. Excited for what's coming next week. I am too. Um, I've been doing a little more work with the NFL this last year on Sirius XM NFL Radio. Uh, might be even, even get a chance to, to call some games maybe this fall on the NFL side. Um, I, 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 for the longest time... I saw it as something that is incredibly toxic because I wasn't successful at it or what, what 
expectations are for success for somebody who's drafted so high. And uh, for the longest time, I wouldn't even watch it. I got an invite from the LA Chargers alumni group this week about being a part of the Legends alumni weekend for the LA Chargers. And I've been searching for that feeling of, of home in the NFL because when you bounce around from team to team, you always return when your career is over, usually to the team that drafted you. But it was, it was such a you know dumpster fire in San Diego with me. How I behaved, how I went about things, how the relationship with Mr. Spanos and the organization was. So when my career was over, and I was looking for that fraternity, because no matter how unsuccessful people may have thought of it was, I played for four years, which is over the average. Um, and it's something I'm incredibly proud of and I wanted to be part of something. And we've, gone, we've come a, a long, long way uh, to kind of rebuilding that relationship. Now, I'm sure when I, I'm out down on the field at SoFi Stadium, I'll get booed from the, from the fan base. <laughs> you know, I think that's in, you know, inevitable. I'm okay with that. Um, I just like the fact that... Because the day I got drafted was an incredible day for me and my family. Right, of course. I'm... So proud of and so grateful for the for the San Diego Chargers at the time, for like making my my dream come true. So I, I've been you know I, I could go back to Dallas um, where I played some, but it's just it's still not the same. You're signed as a free agent. It's just when you're where you're drafted and where you spent most of your career is where you want to be able to be a part of. So that that's something that's that's exciting for me that's possibly really cool, happening awesome. this year and it's local the super bowl's here i'm not gonna have to really go anywhere when we do all the all the things we do around the nfl and stuff so brian you said you expect to be booed right and right I, I i don't know if i necessarily agree with that bro because at this point there's been you drafted in 98 i think more fans know you now from this ryan leaf that we're seeing the the man that you've become and and you know our our just our shows, our YouTube numbers, they blow up every time you're here, and it's overwhelming, overwhelmingly positive. So, I'm hoping that maybe you're wrong on that, and I hope that like these fans see who you are now instead of who you were back then, because as you've clearly stated, you're you're in a different mindset and a different place, and you're a completely different person. I got a great story for you from before to after. It 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 happened on Wednesday, and this is this is an interesting uh, scenario when when people reach out. I would like, I want to tell that story, but we're going to get to it after, after this break. When we come back, uh, I'm going to tell you a little story about that. You can follow us and watch us uh, here on Peacock as well as Sirius XM. Give us a call, 844-204-RICH, 844-204-RICH. We'll be right back. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least The partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop 
from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code EISEN. That's I B O T T A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We have four fictional characters, basketball characters, that we're wondering who would make the best NBA draft prospect. First up is the point guard from the Venice Beach locals, uh, Sidney Dean. Great handle, mm-hmm. uh, uh, somewhat of a trash talker, a mm-hmm. little bit of a gym rat, mm-hmm. and uh, but really hustles uh, out on the floor. Yes, right. Uh, as the blacktop, really. He, he never. He's not yet played an indoor game. It's all been outdoors. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, his jump shot may be pushed by the wind to mm-hmm. go in or mm-hmm. or to go out. We'll mm-hmm. see. You know how he does in an indoor game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is undersized and tends to over dribble a little bit. And, uh, and he also tends to hustle in a, in a negative fashion, but he has played against quality competition, including Freeman Williams, uh, Nigel Miguel, who played at UCLA, Marcus Johnson was in that movie. Yeah. And then Gary Moeller, who played at uh, UC Santa Barbara, whose dad pitched for the Dodgers, Joe Moeller. <laughs> Next up is, is from uh, Hickory High School, uh, shooting guard Jimmy Chitwood. Jimmy Chitwood, spot-up shooter, uh, uh, tends to demand the ball, uh, especially in huddles. Uh, he'll make his teammates better, although not particularly supportive of Ollie. Uh, when he uh, took that free throw, those free throws at the end of the game, the underhands against uh, the underhanded free throws against Cedar Knob yeah. was the opponent, and uh, who doesn't enjoy saying Cedar Knob on national radio? Uh, the problem he's he's not always motivated, and uh, Jimmy Chitwood tends to get a little chummy with the alumni, and I think a little questionable relationship with his teacher Barbara Hershey. Wow! I think that's wow! I liken him to Clay Thompson with uh, without the defense. Okay. Uh, next up, another high schooler from Carver High, uh, center Warren Coolidge. Physically imposing, uh, rebounds at a high level, was coached by uh, an NBA player, Ken Reeves, who had a wonderful <laughs> fictional career with the uh, Chicago Bulls before getting injured. Yeah, that was tough. Uh, a fantastic locker room singing voice. Yeah. Uh, and uh, reminds you a lot of Ben Wallace with uh, with sort of a Barry White voice. The, the problem is, you know, tends to be a little unmotivated yep. and wasn't necessarily the best player uh, on that show. Uh, Wolf Perry was on that show uh, who played at Stanford. And then uh, you may not know this, but uh, Jay Billis was once on that show. Oh! Oh! All right, last one for you. Uh, this is a, he, he plays tons of position, guard, forward, and center from Beacon Hills High School, uh, Teen Wolf. Jay, what do you think about his uh, abilities? Teen here? Wolf, whose name uh, in the film was Scott Howard mm-hmm. uh, when he wasn't, uh, wasn't a wolf. Um, great vertical leap, plays above the rim. Uh, I think you could refer to him uh, literally and figuratively as a beast. Uh, only 5'3", but plays much bigger. Yep. Uh, the problem is he comes from a small town in Nebraska, so he'd have to cut family ties. Mm. Uh, and then wow. he's uh, occasionally violent, although his hair is perfect.
Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. I am your guest host today, uh, Ryan Leaf. I was about to call myself Rich Eisen there. Um, <laughs> uh, this is like, you know, we talked about this last time we were here. Uh, kind of, you know, the, the bat signal goes out. You know, yeah, Ben Ben Lyons. I thought Ben Lyons for a while was just going to be like, hey, you know, this is going to be the Ben Lyons show. <laughs> Two straight weeks. And Susie gets in and does... Her tremendous version of, of, of Rich, and uh, and then so glad to be sitting in here. Uh, we got a call um, up right now, um, and we'd like to take that call before we get into the story. Who is it again? Rami in Missoula, Montana. Mo- Missoula, Montana. We got another Montuckian. I love it. I love it. Welcome to the show. Hi, Ryan. Um, Montuckian. That cracks me up. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, you guys just referenced River Runs Through It. Um, but I'm actually calling because I really, really greatly appreciate your courage of the addiction. And um, I've lost a couple of friends um, due to that same thing. And I just, uh, there's only 980,000 of us in the entire damn state. Yep. And uh, which is the entire city of San Francisco, uh, which I lived in at once upon a time. But I just wanted to thank you um, for all of us Montanans, and uh, I'm very grateful for your sincerity and who you are now. It really means a lot, and I appreciate it. And um, I actually met you once. <laughs> Big Fork, Fourth of July. Ah, Garden and, Bar. And uh, y- yep, Garden Bar. And uh, you shook my hand and you gave me a hug. And um, you were in a different place then, but where you're at now means the world to me. And uh, I just wanted to call and say that. Well, thank you so much for that call. Uh, incredibly meaningful. I think for the longest time. Um, you know, I, uh, I victimized my home state, you know, and so. Well, we victimized you too a little bit. <laughs> well, I appreciate the call. I really, I really, really do. Um, there you go, TJ. That's the meaningful thing that you talk about when I host this show, right? The platform yeah. that Rich affords me is, uh, is incredible. Um, you know, I, I, I love where I grew up. I do. It, it, it taught me a lot. My family's from there. My mom and dad still live there. Um, it can be toxic going back just because, you know, just because I was a kid. Um, and then when I returned um, as a failed NFL player, I victimized the community, right, as a, as a thief and a, and a drug addict. So uh, it's a complicated relationship, but uh, I just I'll try to be part of the solution today, stay out of the result, and that's how I wake up tomorrow. And uh, so the story I was telling you about, about, you know, before and after this is, this happens a lot when, when I meet people uh, who I've met in the past or I had interactions with in the past. And it's always, it's always interesting because uh, I was playing in a charity event uh, on Wednesday in the Tri-Cities in Washington for a, for a, a Coug alumni who had passed away from a brain tumor. And we, we had those things in common. I had a brain tumor uh, taken out about 10 years ago. Uh, and we're both kooks and his his son put on a memorial event and I of 
of course, flew up and, and participated in it. And then after the event, uh, this guy came up to me. And, well, he was the uh, – here's the story. So he was like the assistant golf pro uh, at Washington State when I was there playing. And he told a story, and this is how he tells it. He says, uh, one day you came roaring in, uh, walked into the pro shop, grabbed a, a bucket of balls, and you and your buddy were out and just hitting them, uh, just hit them without paying for it, I guess. And so he came out to the driving range and said, hey, Ryan, uh, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to pay for those, you know. And this is him telling me the story. We're sitting down at a table on Wednesday at lunch, and he's like, uh, and you told me, hey, F off, man. Just get out of here. <laughs> you said that to him? That's apparently what I said to him. <laughs> and they said, Ryan, everybody's got to pay for golf balls. You're not any, any more different than sure. anybody. And he said, again, I said, hey, man, just go F yourself and leave us alone. Don't you know who I am? Type Now, wow. I, don't, I don't feel like I did that. I don't remember doing it. But I've also been told some stories of <laughs> things that I said and did. And right. so... But he prefaces it with that story then to go, hey, and I, I love who you are now. I love who you've become and where you're at. <laughs> right, right, right. And so my only response in those moments are like, because I can't remember doing it, but mm-hmm. you know what? Hey, maybe his only interaction with me, with me was bec- at that time when I was a dick. And so I looked at him and I said, I'm really sorry I behaved that way. Um, so it offers me an opportunity to be, make amends for it, even though I may not have done it. But it also is something like, hey, you can, you can, it's a backhanded compliment. It's like, hey, you were such a dick, but now we love you, you know, <laughs> because you're a good guy now. And it happens a lot, like Instagram messages and things like that. It will be like, hey, man, I ran into you in 1998 and you, uh, you know, you threw a drink in my face. Love that you're awesome now. <laughs> <laughs> so my only response in those moments, guys, are I have to... I have to apologize. Right. Hey, I'm sorry I did that to I'm you. I'm sorry I behaved that way because yeah. it, it, it embarrasses me when he was telling me that, the things I was saying. Like, I thought of myself in such a elitist, entitled way that I would just go, screw you, guy. Get out of here. I'll do what I want. Yeah, I'm not paying eight bucks for this fucking Well, balls. apparently, apparently, um, Mike Price overheard it, my head coach at the time, and in this assistant head pro's locker a few weeks later was some swag was some washington state swag with a little note that said uh heard you had a little running uh with our quarterback just uh wanted to say thanks for handling it so well or something like that so there was my my second father i guess enabling my behavior even more right? right uh love him to death but who knew he had my back like he did making sure people would not think so lowly of me um i know you want to get into a uh a video we I saw. Do, I do. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know, know if we have, have enough time. time. Yeah, we'll have to do it at the top of next hour. Yeah. But there is some quick, uh, some quick NFL news. Carson Wentz now in Indianapolis, not practicing today, and is out indefinitely as he undergoes further testing on a foot injury he suffered at the end of yesterday's practice. Good video going around of him throwing this bomb, like seventy-yard bomb, uh, looking good out there. But did suffer a little foot injury at the end of yesterday's deal, and he is out for a little bit. Jacob Eason has taken first-team reps. Jacob Eason. Second, Sam Ellinger. Second-year guy out of the University of Washington. Really Back high up. on him. Yeah. Didn't get to develop a lot last year with COVID. Uh, we'll be really interested to see how that comes along. That would be a huge, huge, huge loss for this mm-hmm. Indianapolis Colts team because they are ready now. 
They are ready now to play. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more when we come back. Um, you're listening to the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Lee filling in for Rich. Be right back. So, yeah, Mike Garofalo is saying doesn't feel like there's a lot of concern, but anytime a guy who has a kind of a health issues like when he has. he's had in his career, don't want to see that he's out, especially out indefinitely. You know, that's an unknown there. So, we'll especially after only a few days, right? Keep an eye on that. Um, now, I, I, I flew to Florida the other day, and when I landed, I had like a, you know, the plantar fasciitis or whatever. Uh, in my foot and I, I literally I almost couldn't walk for like 24 hours and then like it was gone yeah you know and maybe that's the case here I don't know who knows who knows Carson Wentz is like half my age though Carson Wentz is definitely not 45 like you are <laughs> he's making that point a lot today I, I, I want to say that he's like he's, he's 28 you're, you're, Carson Wentz you're is 45 Ryan Carson. you are 45 years old 45 years old yeah. um <laughs> this is this is Ryan Ryan Ballard and what he's done in Indianapolis. He's awesome. He's put yeah, together a championship team, and they really felt like going out and getting the guy to replace Philip Rivers, a little bit younger version of kind of a gunslinger to get it done. Put him back together with Frank Reich. The, the, this was this was the time, right? They were going to probably battle hard against the Tennessee Titans in their division, um, and and have a real shot at the Super Bowl because because he hit hit the draft so well that. You know, there was some decisions that are going to have to be made in the next couple of years where you can't yeah. keep everybody. No. You can't have that much money unless the, the salary cap just goes up like crazy, which it's going to, but not enough for how well he's done in the draft. So it's almost like, if not now, when mentality for this team. And if they don't have Carson Wentz, who they, you know, gave up a lot for and are talking about having to start either one of two freshmen or one of two rookies who have never played a down in the NFL, uh, that team becomes a much different scenario. We're going to get into some wins and losses in terms of overs and unders later in the show in hour three. Um, I had the thought process of what Green Bay would look like without Aaron Rodgers as a win-loss. Now you have to have the conversation, what does Indianapolis look like without Carson Wentz, if that's the case? Because indefinitely is a word you do not like to hear from Adam Schefter. You do not like to see indefinitely, no. 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 All right, when we come back, our boy... Chris Brockman has a exclusive video. Exclusive. Exclusive. <laughs> Breaking news here. Breaking news. Of one Tim Tebow <laughs> in the Jacksonville yeah, Jaguars. Tebow. You're listening to the Rich Eisen show here on Peacock TV. We'll be right back. <laughs> 